This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Friday, and we are fired up to bring you a little more top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Just an absolute stampede of stupidity out there in this great land of ours. We will try to educate the masses in this hour and every hour uh, at 888-788-9910. You know the rules. They're the same every day of the week on the program. Okay, we're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about social issues. We're going to talk about a lot of challenging stuff, you guys. And you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to support it. You could. That's fine. Okay, but one way or the other, there's no cost of intellectual admission. You could be a Republican, be a Democrat, could be a Libertarian, could be an Independent. You could identify as a mermaid. Jump right into the water. Doesn't matter. All we ask is that you don't be a Boom. There it is. Happy Friday. Uh, we are fired up today. Peppy. I was up all night with Sean Hannity. I was on the Hannity show last night. Live audience. If you missed it, we are posting it. Uh, it is posted on the Fox Across America website, foxacrossamerica.com. Uh, it is a big one. Uh, we had a wild time. We were talking about crime and punishment and Halloween and everything that went on in D.C. this week. It's actually fun. And uh, a shout out for Sean for uh, taking a minute at the end of the show. We basically devoted, you know, seven or eight minutes with all the crazy atrocities being committed around the world to actually take the edge off people a little bit. And I think it was a, a very intelligent mission, if only, because everybody feels like they're on the verge of snapping right now. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! But not me, girlfriend. Uh, I got booze. <laughs> I, got, I got cigars. Uh, you know what else I got, man? Freedom! perspective yes the country sucks right now but you live in the you really do live for all intents and purposes amongst the world's one percent so when we get on the air even when things look as grim as they do right now uh we still remain in pretty good spirits if only because hey man could be a lot worse if you look around the globe right now that's true that is true but we talk about the other side of the globe because that's where the focus has been on the show for the last couple of weeks and it kind of has to be i mean the sad reality of what we're going through right now is I am not telling you this is the Holocaust. Uh, I can scale, uh, you know, my thoughts and my comparisons and everything in between. But, you know, back when the Holocaust was getting started, one of the reasons it was able to build the horrific momentum that it did is because there was a lot of indifference back here in America. OK, whether we were talking about academia, as we're seeing now with the people that support Hamas whether we were seeing it in places like print media, where the New York Times was as you know, much of a Hitler appeaser as anybody out there. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. For real, though. I mean, go take yourself a lap around the old Google. You'd be fascinated what was going on here 
in terms of not opposing Hitler and his genocidal mission back in the late 30s and early 40s. It's sad. It's horrific. But the reality is we do have to shine a light on something like this because there is a global appetite to eliminate the Jewish race. And if you are a decent person that wants to play the smallest role in averting such an atrocity, you have to keep a light on all the garbage that's out there in the world. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Lord knows uh, the politicians in D.C. are not going to do it. So check this out, man. And this one drives me bananas. Okay, I've been telling you, I don't know the new Speaker of the House. I don't know Mike Johnson. I have very little background on him. Uh, The people I've spoken to on the record and off the record this week, the Jim Jordans of the world, the Byron Donalds of the world, uh, you know, Kamek, you know, they like him. They like the idea that he's trying to do the things we're all screaming about, like single item bills. Okay, if you have a bill that's, hey, this bill brings money to Israel. Okay, that should be the only thing on the bill. That makes perfect sense. You don't have to tie 77 other forms of funding to it. I I I'm get that that's the way they've been doing it in Washington for the last century and a half. But here's a news flash. We're 33 trillion dollars in debt doing it that way. Thanks, big government weenuses. So this idea that Mike Johnson shouldn't take a different approach to funding The interests that we're pursuing as a nation, especially as it pertains to global outreach, is insane. Okay, but here's where we find ourselves right now. Mike Johnson, for whatever we know, for whatever we think of the guy, and I am certainly reserving judgment, but I will pat him on the back for proposing and getting passed in the House of Representatives yesterday a standalone bill for Israel. Okay, what the bill does is give $14.3 billion to Israel, but that's all it does is give money to Israel. It's not tied to climate change like the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. Think about that. It doesn't contain a $60 billion earmark for Ukraine like the president was demanding. That is financial lunacy. It is an Israel bill. Get this. This is going to blow your mind. It's an Israel bill in Congress. That supports Israel. And that's it. Oh, wow. If you don't follow politics, you don't realize how rare that is. Okay, that never, ever, ever happens because Congress, who is out there spending your tax dollars, gets all the money and funding and special interest pork they want back into their districts by burying it somewhere in the 88,000 page bills that they get 12 hours before they vote on them. Okay, and that's how all of that pork manages to make its way into the spending plan. And that's how the country you live in winds up thirty three trillion dollars in debt. So if you want to know in a nutshell, for real, in a nutshell, this is not about philosophy. It's not about politics or or policy. The reason conservatives are conservative. This is it. This is everything you need to know. The reason they support limited government Okay, is because when we were colonized, when we were living under British rule, okay, we saw the dangers and damages and limitations to having a massive hulking government presence that inserted itself into every single thing you wanted to do. That's why we wrote a Declaration of Independence. We wanted limited government and we were willing to die to get it.
Now you're living under a government that's very much becoming the thing we rebelled against in 1776. They're telling you what kind of stove you can use, what kind of straw you can drink out of, what kind of car you can drive, what kind of hot oil, you know, hot water heater you can have in your home. Okay, what kind of medicine you have to take, whether they've tested it out or not. Did you see that stat today? Seven percent of Americans, seven percent have gotten the booster the government's pushing. Seven percent. Why? Because at this point, more Americans, when they see the mismanagement from our government during the pandemic, the government that mandated things, even after telling you they wouldn't be mandated. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But- Wait, what? Hold on a second. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the covid vaccine once no. it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine we've never done that you are a sad strange little man but you understand okay after the government inserted itself into your kid's schooling now nah, kid can't go to school if he doesn't get the vaccine we've mandated even though we just said we weren't gonna we did so shut up can't go to work okay can't go shopping can't go out to eat can't get on a plane you got to do what the government says the government took over every aspect of your life and your freedom Okay, and that's why we happen to be thirty three trillion dollars in debt is because the government and your tax dollars are now being used to provide for a lot of things. It has no business being spent on. Okay, I'm watching Elizabeth Warren on the TV this morning lecturing us, lecturing us about junk fees. That's the big thing Biden's going after right now. Junk fees. You know, retirees pay all these junk fees when they go to get their money and they do make no mistake about it. I'm fine with getting rid of them. But the reason they're going after them is so they can reduce the perception and the reality that they themselves are hitting you with more junk fees as a government than anyone else on the planet. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. What is student loan forgiveness? It's a junk fee. You're getting charged for a loan you didn't take out. You as a taxpayer. Hey, hey, ho, hey, ho. I know you didn't go to Cornell where they're chanting kill the Jews, but guess what? The kids who did... Blew a half a million dollars on a degree that has no commensurate job program. I'll tell you what we're going to do. You'll bail out their loan. Is that not a junk fee? My God. All the subsidies. Okay. All of the special interest things we fund in the name of climate around the globe. The gender studies programs we send over to Ukraine where they literally light people on fire if they claim to be anything other than two genders. How is that not a junk fee? Okay. Paying for people's, uh, you know, people's, you know, free daycare and stuff like that's a junk fee, okay? I understand the government's there to provide a social safety net for those who can't do for themselves. But in this day and age, with 8 million people coming into the country illegally and you picking up the tab for their hotels and their food and everything else, that is the biggest junk fee you'll ever get charged, okay? That's people breaking the law to get into this country. You're paying the bill. Okay, no bigger scam on the planet. So the Biden administration's going after junk fees and, you know, we got to target the junk fees. By the way, okay, they just gave six billion dollars to Ukraine, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Okay, there is no bigger junk fee than giving six billion to the people who want to kill us. That's true. That is true. So when you hear Mike Johnson go out and say, hey, it's an Israel only bill, that's the way. Every bill should be. But what are they saying in the White House? What is Joe Biden saying about a single item standalone bill? He's saying the president will veto that bill. 
Biden sucks. Okay, and why does he want to veto that bill? Why do Democrats in the Senate want to shoot down this bill? Okay, they want to shoot down this bill because it's more important to protect the status quo than it is to protect our allies in Israel. And they don't care if this funding fight drags out because they would rather this go weeks and months without them having to hand over that aid because Biden's catching massive political hell for supporting Israel in the first place. You know, a big percentage of his caucus on the left there in the House is anti-Semitic. All of elite academia, elite using air quotes, anti-Semitic, chanting from the rivers to the sea. Okay, you understand that means all of the land over there in the Middle East. It doesn't mean Jews take three steps to the right. It means Jews, if the world was flat, walk off either side of it and fall into the abyss. That's what they're chanting for. So the longer this drags out, the better. But understand, Biden is protecting his ass politically, and he is absolutely protecting the status quo because nobody knows better about how the swamp swamps you out of your money than the people who have been in Washington since Washington. Here is Kirby saying they'll shoot down the bill. Clip 10. The president would veto an only Israel bill. We, I think that we've made that clear. The president will veto the bill. I think we've made ourselves clear. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. What's well, the dumbest thing you've ever heard of if you support Israel and you genuinely want to get this aid to them in an expedited fashion and bring an end to the conflict? But if what you're really supporting is yourself, what you're really supporting is your own status quo agenda, okay, then there's no way in hell you want to take up this type of bill. Because if this becomes the norm and it succeeds and Israel gets the aid, guess what happens to status quo politicians? Guess what happens to the swamp? They're forced to start doing business the right way. Here is Chuck Schumer, okay? Chuck Schumer, okay? And, you know, we're not the biggest fans. Chuck Schumer is a clown. For real, okay? But Chuck Schumer has, and rightly so, called out the atrocities by Hamas. Is he chiding the people in his party, the members of Congress, that are directly on record as supporting Hamas? The answer would be no. Still more concerned with the political costs than the human costs over in Israel. But here is Chuck Schumer. Okay, a Jewish man himself on the Senate saying a standalone bill for Israel is a non-starter. This is clip 11. The Senate will not take up the House's GOP's deeply flawed proposal and instead will work on our own bipartisan emergency aid package that includes aid to Israel, Ukraine, competition with the Chinese government and humanitarian aid for Gaza. Folks, if the situation isn't so urgent that we can't just pass a standalone bill and give them the money? Why are we giving them the money in the first place? I think he's got a point. Seriously, we're sending $14 billion. Okay, when you're printing and spending that kind of money, we don't have it. We're not going under a mattress. We're not pulling it out of savings and writing a check from checking. We don't have this money. So if we're going out there to send it, you'd like to think there's an urgency that requires us to send it. Okay, but when you hear things like, no, not until we get Ukraine involved and climate change and the Chinese government and the humanitarian aid to Gaza. You know that aid that the White House admitted yesterday doesn't really go where it's supposed to go because we have to hand it to a terror group and then take their word that they will distribute it to the correct people. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It's stupid, but it's also reality. 
And this is one of those moments, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or an Independent, you have to understand what I'm trying to do on the radio every day. It is not a conservative talk show. It is an American talk show. And America is getting screwed by the status quo way of doing business in Washington. We're $33 trillion in debt. And now as we sit here at the precipice of World War III, what we're finding out is protecting Israel and our allies and our hostages not nearly as important as protecting the status quo in Washington. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Friday. Raymond Arroyo, if you watch him on the Ingram angle, uh, he's on Mondays and Wednesdays, I think even Fridays with Laura. Seen and Heard, I believe the segment is called. Uh, he's going to be joining us today after he gets off the outnumbered couch. We'll have like a little State of the Union. He's got another children's book out. It's just goofy. It's dirty jokes, a light take on politics. Jerry Willis is on the schedule, but you never know. The bars are already open here in New York, so I can't promise you. She won't have found a two-for-one by then. And uh, our man, Diamond Dave Landau, who was supposed to be on the show yesterday, has food poisoning. If you're following Diamond Dave on social media at Landau Dave, he's supposed to be in Austin doing two nights' worth of shows. Uh, instead, he's been doing two nights' worth of hotel room. That can't be good. He is banged up. So send your warm wishes to Diamond Dave Landau. Go see one of his stand-up shows real soon. And if you want to see one of mine next week, back on the road. It's me and Kennedy, Stanley Theater in Utica, WIBX, Saturday night, November the 11th. Thursday, November 16th, we are at the Patriot Awards. That's a big, hot, swanky affair. All your Fox favorites will be there, all of them. Everyone shows up. It's the Oscars for camouflage. And uh, I will be opening that show on stage, doing a little stand-up comedy. And then when the stream starts on Fox Nation, I hand off the mic to handsome Pete Hegseth, and he wows the ladies and does the patriotic thing, and it's actually a fantastic night. And it should be required uh, viewing around the country because it's a night where we honor people in uniform. Cops, firemen, you know, all kinds of first responders, border agents, military heroes, people who go out and sacrifice, and the families uh, who sacrifice with them so you can have the freedoms that you take for granted every day. Uh, it's a big event. Uh, when that's over, they will sober me up and send me down to Naples, Florida. I'll be at the Off the Hook Comedy Club uh, the following weekend. It's Friday night, November the 17th, Saturday night the 18th, and then I'll be on to Reno after Thanksgiving. I'll be in Carson, Nevada. Saturday night, December 2nd. So if you're listening on KSVL 92.3, KKFT up there in Reno, uh, come see me at the Nuggets Saturday night, December 2nd. Uh, and then you will see me, hot damn, at Texas Music City in Tyler, Texas, Saturday night, December the 9th. And then I head down the following weekend to the Palm Beach Kennel Club in Palm Beach. Come hang out with your radio, buddy. I'm going nuts over here. I'm like a bag of cats. Buy me a beer and let's tell some dirty jokes, would you?
It is Friday. Greatest country in the world. Greatest source of good the world has ever known. That's where you live, man. For all the talks about systemic racism. We're standing on stolen land. Blah, blah, blah. Every piece of land on the planet is technically stolen land. Correct the mundo. And I'm not trying to disparage Native Americans. They have my undying support. I'm one of those people who wants to bring back the Washington Redskins logo. You know who else wants to bring back the Washington Redskins logo? About 95% of Native Americans. Okay, why is it gone? Because some woke white people got involved and decided it was offensive. Everything woke turns to Native Americans donated the mascot, not the actual mascot, the human image that was on the side of Redskins helmets. Okay, a lot of you don't know that. Okay, it was a point of pride. It was a forever gift given to the NFL. And it was given because they considered a Redskin, which is not a ode to skin color, but an ode to the pre-war ritual of the highest, bravest warriors being honored with red paint that they were painting onto their faces and leading the tribe into battle. That's what a red skin was. And then the summer of 2020 happened, and they came along, and they were like, well, you know, Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. Uh, We don't know if it had anything to do with the color of his skin, but anything that has to do with the color of anybody's skin should go away because that's going to turn society around. Wrong. Okay, schools have gotten worse. Crime has gotten worse. The economy has gotten worse. I know. You thought all the problems would be solved when we got rid of Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth. They were the culprits. It was them and that dang Uncle Ben, I tell you. Okay, but that's the fraud of, like, cancel culture. It's basically performative censorship. It's a way for people to say, we care about other people. But do they actually do anything to help them once they nuke the mascot? The answer would be no. Nobody circled back to the Native Americans and were like, all right, now we got rid of the Washington Redskins because we don't think it's fair to these Native tribes. Now, uh, here's a bunch of money or a way we can help or a new program or an investment in your tribal infrastructure. Did the government do that? The answer would be no. No. Did any of the leagues or corporate? The answer would be no. No. And that's everything you need to know. Okay, this is the dumbest time that's ever been to be alive. We're literally fighting the wrong battles at a time when there were real battles brewing and we happen to be financing both sides of them. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Okay, and they get there by traveling through the highest ranks of Ivy League education. And if you've been paying attention to Ivy League education the last couple of weeks, you know every college kid in the world. Okay, college kids. They spent the last four years telling you they were under attack. Do you remember that? Okay. We're gay. We're under attack. (laughs) No, you're not. Nobody cares. It's 2023. Go do whatever you want. And I, listen, we're trans. They're out. (laughs) No, you're not. All we ever ask trans people to do is not have a biological man get naked in front of biological women who didn't want to see it. And oh, yeah, compete on a level playing field. But what did the colleges tell us? Oh, if you don't want biological men competing against biological women, that's transgenocide. We're under attack. (laughs) No, it's not. And they keep framing the arguments that way. We're trying to ban trans men or trans women from athletics. No, we're not. All we're saying to everybody out there is just compete against your own biological gender. Because that's the talent pool you belong in. Why? Because there are stark differences between men and women that give the men huge advantages. The winner of the New York City Marathon on the men's side beats the winner of the, men, of the women's marathon by about 13 minutes. That's more than four miles. That's not a race, dude. 
Okay, remember Serena Williams, the most decorated women's tennis player of all time. You'd probably argue the greatest female tennis player of all time. She could never say this now, but back in 2013, when she was asked about the prospect of playing Andy Murray, the other top-ranked tennis player in the world at the time, this was her response to David Letterman. For me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0, and five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes, because... It's, no, no, it's are, true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely... Really? It's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me, and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game, mm -hmm. and I love to play women's tennis, and I, I only want to play girls, because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice, so Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not gonna... I'm not gonna let you kill me. <laughs> I admire your honesty. But could she say that now in this day and age? The answer would be no. That's, that's called transphobia. That's called transgenocide for telling you the truth. That's what colleges have done to the language. Speech is violence on a college campus, meaning anything they don't agree with is tantamount to violence. Now, that's not obviously the truth, but that's been their M.O. And now, incredibly, all the people who spent the last four or five years telling you they were under attack, and we all knew it was a scam, nobody's attacking anybody, we disagree, but disagreement is not hate. But all the people who told you they were under attack are now on the attack against Israel. They support Hamas. Is never been a bigger fraud in our lifetimes. I'm going to play you a clip from a video. It's fascinating, okay? Viral video online right now. It's basically... Guy showed up to a pro-Palestinian rally, to a pro-Hamas rally. Uh, the movement is called Facts for Peace. And he spoke to people who support Hamas and asked them to sign a petition endorsing what Hamas endorses. Okay, I'm going to play this for you, lest there's any concern or debate when people say it's complicated, when people say, well, there's more to it. Okay, there isn't. You can tell me it's some territorial land dispute, but yesterday I played you a clip, and I'll play it for you again today, where the leader of Hamas says the Jewish race needs to be exterminated. That doesn't sound a bit like it's about land. That sounds like it's about people. Tell them like it is. Okay, but taking it a step further, what Hamas espouses, okay, is not a single solitary view that any of you would support. And to be clear, to the credit of these dopey college protesters, most of them wouldn't support it either. They just don't know any better. Okay, protesting in this country has become a fashionable, trendy thing to do. And oftentimes now, people just align themselves with a protest because they think it looks cool. Okay, I'm telling you, half the guys protesting right now think Gaza Strip is a gentleman's club. They have no idea. Okay, but it doesn't mean we should forgive them for aligning themselves with such hatred. Here is a video where they're asked to endorse what Hamas espouses. Take a listen to what Hamas espouses. This is clip 20. Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're in? Easy. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas freeing Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered. I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death. You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? No. 
I'm glad I read the terms yeah. and agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry. I'm not interested? Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> not interested. Check it out. You don't say. And what does that tell you? Most of the people showing up to these events have no idea what they're protesting on behalf of because they've been fed the reductive language of identity politics. In identity politics, skin color determines the hierarchy of grievance. Well, Hamas is darker skin than Israel. Ergo, they must be the aggrieved party. Okay, there is no moral equivalence for what I just told you. Hamas's doctrine is that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered. This is absolutely gross. That's the doctrine. So you're either in Hamas or you must be slaughtered. That's what college kids are supporting, whether they know it or not. Sadly, a lot of them do, and they're just anti-Semitic lunatics. Homosexuality, punishable by jail or death, okay, under Hamas rule. If you see two guys holding hands in public in Gaza, the story does not have a happy ending. Well, it might, but they better hope the cops don't find out about it. You know, that sort of thing. But think about it. Okay. Sharia law bans women from showing their knees, their faces, their hair, cannot play sports in public. Remember that clip we were just talking about how college kids say, oh, you're denying them access to sports. Under Sharia law, there is no sports. Okay. Women can't travel without a man's permission okay meaning the very pro-palestinian protest you're watching here in america half of the people at them probably 70 percent when you count the gay support and the female support wouldn't be allowed to go to the protest okay the gay people would either be dead or in jail the women would still be waiting for the men to sign their permission slips but the men you know a lot of the hamas men would be out in the woods with their side chicks so you understand okay what we're talking about here is people springing into action to support them. They have no idea what they're talking about. These are idiots. But it doesn't mean you should forgive them. Because we're being told by college campuses that five-year-old kids can make permanent decisions about their body. They can choose surgeries, hormone injections that will deny them the right to fully grow through puberty and will commit them to a lifetime supply of surgery and follow-up medication and all of the complications that come with that. And yes, there are all kinds of doctors that support this. Why? Money, 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 money. But is anybody looking out for the well-being of the kids? Dude, it is barbaric to let a five-year-old make a permanently life-affecting decision about pizza rolls, let alone their genitalia. Okay, kids have so much growing and evolving to do. If a five-year-old thinks he's trapped in the wrong body... It's because the adults around them spent five years telling them he was trapped in the wrong body. You're absolutely right. So this isn't about the kids' well-being. It's about the adults' politics. But you understand these are the people who tell you five-year-olds should have the body autonomy to choose whatever life they want. But we should just shut up and forgive the 21-year-olds who are yelling, kill the Jews. Because they're just 21. They don't know any better. Don't you see how ridiculous that is? Don't you see that how you can't have it both ways if those are your positions? But you understand, those are the views of Hamas. I just played them for you really quick. There's a reason I did. Every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered. Homosexuality punishable by death. 
Okay. Women can't show their face, knees in public, can't play sports, can't travel without a man's permission. That's what Hamas supports. Here is Kamala Harris. And yes, I am going to play you a Kamala Harris clip. No, God. No, God, please. No, no, no. Listen, man, we're all in this together. Isn't that the old saying? Wasn't that the deal? Okay. well, anyway, Kamala was asked in London about condemning the people expressing pro-Hamas sentiments. You know, slaughter every non-Muslim in the world. Don't let women show their faces in public, travel or play sports, imprison or kill the gays. These are the views they're supporting. Here's Kamala in London saying she'd never condemn them. Clip 17. Well, let me say I do understand their concerns. And I will never attempt to, to stifle or silence young people from expressing um, their concerns. That is the part of what that is part of what we do in a democracy is allow that to occur. Uh, my position on the issue remains, as I've repeated now a couple of times, but um, it is important that we create environments for our young leaders to express themselves. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. She's an empty vessel. Like, just put the words in her face and she'll say them. She has no views. She has no opinions of her own. Uh, But when she gets out there and says that, what is she really trying to say? Hey, politically, we can't afford to alienate any more Muslim support. Okay, so if there is a violent faction of Muslim support, we can't go out there and condemn it because we need it. Okay, understand right now when John Kirby, excuse me, when Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, tells you Jews are 2 percent of the population and 60 percent of the terror threats. What did Kamala Harris respond to that with? But a new program to combat Islamophobia. That is so embarrassing. And not because we're anti-Islam, but because there is no Islamophobia right now. It's everybody marching to kill the Jews. No one in God, no one in Israel is saying we've got to eliminate Muslims. No one who supports the Jews is saying we've got to eliminate all Muslims. In fact, here's a news flash. There's two million Muslims living in Israel. Okay, and they're not there because the Jews are trying to commit genocide against them. They're there because they are tolerated and accepted and welcomed in society as they should be. There's a reason the Arab nations normalized ties with Israel's and the Abraham Accords that were brought to you by President Trump. Okay, they want stability. They want peace. They recognize everyone's rights to coexist. Do they have religious disagreements? Yes. Have they had territorial disagreements? Yes. But they realize no one's life is improved by endless conflict. That would ensue if you were to truly pursue the Hamas doctrine of from the rivers to the sea. You're talking about the West Bank, talking about Jordan, you're talking about Gaza, you're talking about Israel. That isn't move off this land. That's move off this planet. And Kamala Harris can't even afford to condemn those sentiments because they're so desperate right now when it comes to their politics. That's where we find ourselves right now. The only way out of this, and I will tell you, there's one faction of people who can stop this. And I will play you a clip from them next when we come back. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to play you a quick clip from Steve Eisman. If you saw the movie The Big Short, he was played by Steve Carell in The Big Short. He is, of course, uh, 
an investor who shorted collateralized debt obligations and got rich off the housing crisis uh, at the tail end, uh, at actually the front end of all of that overzealous lending by the banks. Guys like Steve Eisman swooped, swooped in, realized none of these mortgages were legit, and there was a lot of money to be made. That's just how white folks will do you. Well, to be honest with you, so a lot of folks did us in banking at the time. But Eisman is a donor to the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, here he is, like other donors, saying they want nothing to do with these schools anymore now that they see what their money's being used towards. Clip 18. My history with the University of Pennsylvania is, is pretty deep. I went there, my wife met, went there, we met there. My sister went there, my brother-in-law went there, and they met there. So I, a lot of members of my family have been there. I've gone back to the university many times to speak. Um, after a couple of days after the interview, I called my contact person at uh, the university and I said, you know, we have, we have a small um, scholarship that we created about a dozen years ago. And I called my contact and I said I wanted our names removed from it immediately. I do not want my family's name associated with the University of Pennsylvania ever. What was the response? She was very nice. You know, she understood and she has gotten a lot of calls like that, and um, she said she would take care of it. Is there anything they could do to change your mind? Yeah, you could fire the president and, the, and the, the chairman of the board of trustees immediately. How about that? Good for you. And that's a donor. And he represents the sentiments of a lot of donors out there right now, a lot of guys and Jewish people donating big money to these schools that are hiring anti-Semitic faculty. All of these endowments that go to places like Harvard and Yale and everything in between they don't actually do anything to improve the quality of education. They just create more administrative positions. Okay, that's what they do. They go out and they create new departments. Well, we need a department of gender studies. And we need a department that will study the people who don't think we need a department of gender studies. And everything like that. And none of these programs come with commensurate jobs, but they don't need them. The job creation is happening at the school through the endowments and your tax dollars and people like Steve Eisman. But here's a newsflash, okay? If people are giving you money, it's not because they want you to raise students to hate their people. And that's what's going on right now at colleges. So the donors could stop this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America, an audio safe space for cool people. People who can behave, who can coexist, who can talk about the issues facing this country, take their principles and their beliefs seriously without taking themselves seriously at all. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, even if you can't dig it, uh, you're still welcome uh, to be a participant in this hour of the show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Uh, you could be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... <laughs> Boom! There it is. Hour number two on a big Friday. Raymond Arroyo is coming by. Uh, he was just on the outnumbered couch... Now he will uh, join us here in the studio once he takes off his Pee Wee Herman suit. <laughs> Be nice to Raymond. J- Come on, Jimmy. You can't make fun of Raymond like that. What are you doing, Jimmy? It's not nice. It's Friday. People are in a nice mood. I bring up fashion. Why? Because I want to know your opinion. If you get a chance to call in, I'm going to quiz Raymond on this because he's worked in television a long time and he understands fashion and makeup and lo- you know looks and shoes. Does Ron DeSantis 
wear lifts in his boots. Okay, he claims his campaign claims he does not. Wrong. Okay, I got to tell you, the more I look at the video they posted. Okay, Will Kane here at Fox News posted his own take a minute ago. Will Kane's take is that DeSantis wears lifts. I agree with that. Have, if you've seen the video, we'll sneak your call in later in the hour. Eight 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 seven eight eight. 9910. I know this is superficial. I know it's stupid. I know the world's on fire. But that's the point. We do need a little bit of a diversion to weave in and out of the serious conversations we're about to have. Because there's a lot going on. It's a mess. You know how they say in horse racing, you got to be a mutter if you want to make it in horse racing, meaning you got to be able to run when the track is sloppy, too. Well, I've got some news for you. Uh, you got to be a mutter every dang day on talk radio. Or you are going straight to the glue factory. (laughs) I bring up the DeSantis lift thing because Trump posted a meme. Nikki Haley posted a meme. uh, And they're all piling on DeSantis now. (laughs) For saying he wears lifts in his boots. I'll ask him when he makes it back onto the show. He was supposed to be on the show earlier this week. He had a scheduling conflict. He says he'll be on next week. Whatever. Who can You know. Come by. Listen, let's be very honest. At this point in time, if you're looking at the polls, Ron DeSantis needs us a lot more than we need Ron DeSantis. You are correct, sir. And I'm not saying that to be mean or tough or standoffish. I genuinely enjoyed talking to him last time. But man, oh boy, oh man. Okay, when you look at the polls right now. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Okay, Nikki Haley, whatever you think of her, is on fire. Okay, surging in the polls. Okay, when we first started polling, okay, Trump has been in the lead wire to wire. If we're going to stick with horse racing analogies, he's been secretariat so far. He's been near 50 percent for every second of this primary season. Nobody has come close at his peak when DeSantis got into the race after a six months buildup with a supermajority in the Florida legislature with a record of doing substantively great things for the state of Florida. DeSantis is a great governor in Florida. I do not deny him that. He has done a phenomenal job. And for that reason, a lot of people thought if anyone had a chance to catch Trump, it would be DeSantis. But when DeSantis jumped into the race, his high mark in the polls was 29%. Nikki Haley's was 4% at the time. They're now tied. In some key states, she's starting to pull ahead. And it's very basic things, very basic tools of analysis I bring to a conversation with you when it comes to politics. Okay, I told you the minute DeSantis launched his campaign, after all of that buildup, the minute he launched his campaign, I was like, man, that's bad judgment. Instinctively, it bothered me. I said, there's something about this I've been assessing from weeks and months that I didn't quite have a handle on, and I understand it after today. Why? Because DeSantis, in the biggest media event of his life, in the biggest political rollout we've seen in politics, this guy is considered the alternate to Trump in 2024, the immensely popular governor of Florida, someone who won going away, expanding his majority with Latinos and women winning Dade County, things that Republicans just never, ever do in the state of Florida. He decided to launch his campaign on Twitter spaces, which was an un 
proven platform at the time. And lo and behold, Twitter Spaces, at the moment he was supposed to be greeting the world as its next leader, Twitter Spaces wouldn't even operate because the site functions crashed. And as I sat there watching it, I said to myself, man, okay, everyone involved in his campaign had to know this was a possibility. They had to know they were staking their political fortunes and the face of the campaign. You know how they say first impressions or last impressions? His first impression was, this site is down. Please try back in a moment. That was embarrassing. It was a disaster. And again, it's at the end of the world. You could overcome that. But I told you instinctively that day, I said it that day, I said it on Twitter, I said it on this show. I was like, man, those are really bad political instincts. Doesn't mean he can't overcome them. But I said, if I was donating to this campaign and those were the instincts the candidate showed. I got a bad feeling about this. So if he's out there putting lifts in his boots, it might be part and parcel to the other poor judgment he's shown. Kennedy, our friend, we're going to be appearing together at the Stanley Theater in Utica next Saturday night. Okay, she has an article right right now for the Daily Mail. Uh, it is on DailyMail.com. Kennedy has a write-up about DeSantis wearing boots. And Kennedy says, are you ready for it? Looks like he's wearing boots, meaning boots with lifts in them. Weigh in during the hour, 888-788-9910. I'd love to hear your take. You can talk to me about politics and everything else. But I need a superficial pursuit in this moment because here's the breakdown on Haley, uh, who's been, you know, She's been fine on the show. I've genuinely enjoyed talking to her, and I think she has found a very good lane within the party because she is standing up in a way that people get behind, meaning, hey, okay, we, we don't want to cease fire in Israel right now because there's no such thing as a ceasefire or a pause. A ceasefire or a pause just means Hamas reloads. The only way you agree to a ceasefire, the only way you agree to a pause is if they give back our hostages. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, if they're not giving back our hostages, why are we letting up on the throttle? Okay, for no good reason other than to show the world we're good people. Here's a newsflash. The world doesn't care, and there's nothing we can say to convince them we're good people, even as we're sending them all the humanitarian aid in the world. So the strength she's shown is good. Okay, I personally, selfishly, as a comedian... I personally love the idea of the first female president being Republican because it will expose the fraud of identity politics. The first female president is Democrat. Okay, there will be symbolic glass ceiling shattered basically for a month straight. There'll be mandatory crying sessions for every male in the country will cry at gunpoint from the government. Every newscast you turn on will be a three-hour montage of five-year-old little girls being told they can be anything they want to be in this country, and we'll be naming federal buildings after this woman before she's even sworn in. If the first female president happens to be Republican... Get her out. Get her out of here. They won't even say she's female. They'll be like, she's not even a real female. She doesn't have a penis. Come on. What the hell did you just say? If the first female president is Republican... I promise you, they're not breaking glass ceilings. They're not setting off firework barges. They're not shutting down school. They're not throwing little girls all over the TV. Fox will. Okay. 
We'll say is a great moment, big step forward. The Democrats, the people on the left will go, we're not there yet. Democrats are so full of crap. We need a woman that looks out for a woman, which is exactly what she's doing. In condemning Hamas, she's looking out for women. Okay, Hamas, that don't let women go out in public without a man's permission, can't drive, can't show their face, can't show their knees, can't participate in sports. Okay, that's who Hamas is. Nikki Haley is on the side of giving women their rights and their freedoms. You know who's not on the side of giving women their rights and their freedoms? Hamas. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. I'm telling you, this is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. I'll give you a little more, okay? Haley, right now, as we speak, she's running around New Hampshire, okay? They're basically tied in second, 16% apiece. Same poll in August. DeSantis was at 19. She was at 6. She's now in second place in her home state of South Carolina. And you know what? She's saying the right things now in Israel. Here it is. She's talking to my girl Martha McCallum, my homie. Martha insists that I call her my, ho- her, my homie. It's a whole to-do. It's a weird thing. But here it is, clip 7. What makes this difficult is they could have those hostages in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. They could have the hostages somewhere else. But these tunnels are underneath schools. They're underneath hospitals. They're underneath civilian sites. And they do that because Hamas doesn't value life. And they know that America and Israel do value life. So I don't think we need to tell Israel to take a pause. We need to let Israel do what Israel needs to do, which is defeat and eliminate Hamas. Because Hamas is going to come after us, too. Iran is going to come after us. Seriously, somebody with a set of balls in Washington. Okay, Hamas doesn't care. Don't they, 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 a ceasefire means nothing to them. Do you want to know when the last time we had a ceasefire? Just to get you up to speed, so you guys are, you know, I know a lot of you are well versed on this, but some of you aren't. A lot of people listen to this show. It's the only politics you consume all day. Uh, because you are drawn to the way I'm distilling the show. Like, I'm aware of this. This show is political pop culture. We make fun of it. We have fun with it. We play songs, parodies. Okay, well, we're working on that with legal. Uh, But the point is, here we are, trying to have a good time while the world's on fire. The whole hook of the show is we're roasting radio marshmallows. And you understand some of you are able to digest politics in this manner. And although that makes you new to the fray, okay, there are simple basic truths that you should be armed with, okay, because we all should. We just want a fair fight on this show, okay? Hamas paraglided into Israel on October the 7th and started beheading babies, lighting families on fire in their safe rooms, killing everybody at a dance party. They strategically waited till the Sabbath so they could be attacking Israel on a day of religious observance to make their attacks that much more heinous. This was a war on religion. It is not a war on land. And I will replay the clip from the leader of Hamas saying so, just so everyone's on the same page. But this is what I want you to understand about ceasefires. This is what I want you to understand about Hamas. Okay, Hamas attacked Israel and butchered unarmed civilians on October the 7th. Do you know when the last time we had a ceasefire in the region was? October the 6th. That's true. That is true. Okay, we were under a ceasefire at a time they paraglided in and killed 1,400 people. Does that sound like a people who respect a ceasefire? But they are sitting on a lot of our hostages. 
So if you're going to give them a chance to reload, stop the attacks, even as we have Gaza encircled, you should be getting something out of it besides Twitter likes. Okay, there's no moral equivalency between Israel or anyone, not ISIS or Hamas. ISIS was not baking babies in ovens in front of their families. Hamas was. Okay, ISIS was not killing people, videotaping it on their cell phones and then texting it to all of their contacts. Hamas is. So you understand there's no moral equivalency. So when you start to hear about the need for a ceasefire, okay, a ceasefire goes one way. It goes pro-Hamas. So if you want to know why Nikki Haley's surging, it's because, I don't know, she probably wears heels once in a while, but she's not hiding them from you. Uh, She's dealing in strength and she's being an authentic self. She's not trying to be president of Twitter. She's trying to be president of the United States. Does that mean she's going to be Trump? I have no idea. None at all. Okay, but at this moment in time, okay, when you look out at the Republican primaries, you do come to understand that Ron DeSantis doesn't need a lift in his shoes. He needs a lift in the polls. Correct the mundo. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Does Ron DeSantis wear high heels in his boots? Does he wear lifts in his boots? Joining us now to weigh in is a man who wears exclusively women's flats, but we love him anyway. John is in Butte, Montana. Yo, John. Hey, brother. How you doing today? I'm laughing because I saw what you said to Mikey on the call screen. So your take is, <laughs> your take is, who cares if he wears lifts in his boots? I can care less if that man wears lifts in his boots. He can wear six-inch stripper heels. He can come in there wearing 1970 six-inch pimp platform shoes. <laughs> Get the person right. I can care less. <laughs> well, you know who does care? I care because I'm curious, and I just want to know what people think if they see the dang video. The world's on fire. Don't you think it's a little healthy to head over to the foot the footwear aisle? I'm telling you, man, just walk over there, get out a pair of good platforms, a nice pimp suit, step out on stage, call it a day. <laughs> isn't Biden? Isn't Biden already pimping out the taxpayers with all this spending? Man, he's doing a whole lot of things. And, you know, the the Biden administration, they want to do all these things that they want to impress this country and impress all the people with. Mm-hmm. Like I told Mikey, if he wants to, if his, he and his administration want to impress me, get a French maid's outfit, Ooh. put on a thong, grab a dust mop, a broom, <laughs> and a bucket, and wash my truck. Whoa. All right. Well, that's, that's better than what I thought you were going to make him do in the French maid outfit. So that's good. <laughs> I, can... I gotta keep it PG. Uh, for once, you're a whole new man. I don't know what happened. Did you get shock therapy? Oh, crazy. You know, uh, no, I, I might have ran across the bull hauler one time and all of a sudden got zapped in the backside with one of those little cattle prods. Oh, so that's but, what yeah. that so that's why you're paying extra for that in the strip clubs now. Now I know. All right. Well this is good. I'm telling you. But <laughs> you know, on the on the other side, uh-huh. I'm I'm starting to feel like Reese out of Sheridan. I'm yep. I'm really starting to feel like him right now because I think he and I are the bastard children because you won't come out to our areas. <laughs> I'm scheduled to come back to your area. What are you talking about? Reese well, is a mess. Well, dude. Well, yeah. 
when the heck are you coming out to see us? Do you want to laugh, by the way? So the, they had to move my shows in Montana and Idaho Falls because I was supposed to be hosting the Saturday night show, the Fox News Saturday night show. And then it got canceled because of the freaking war anyway. So basically, like, we announced that we had to move the show and make it a part of the spring tour uh, on, like, a Thursday. And we told everybody it's canceled. The theater told everybody it's canceled. And then on Friday, they're like, by the way, we don't need your Saturday night. I was like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) So here we are. So I was just drunk in my yard. I had nowhere to be. Lincoln didn't even have a game last week, and I had nothing. I was just home. It was amazing. I bottomed out in my yard. It was glorious. Uh, but yeah, now I'm coming. I sat back and I was, I was all, all sad and depressed, and, you know, then I had to go out and drink a few beers on my own accord and yeah. just sit back and, we're the bastard children. <laughs> you and Reese. You and Reese can get together in your lift boots and walk it off, Okay. Be well. Right. You're the best, John. Happy Friday, brother. I'll see you soon. Raymond Arroyo, Bell of the Ball, joins us next when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only High Flying, Death Defying Fox Across America. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Rhyme. And the voice you hear coming out of your speakers, all that holiday magic. The crooner himself in studio, the matinee idol, women weeping outside the studio. (laughs) It's like Sinatra at the Paramount. Raymond Arroyo is back. Jimmy Fallon. And the crowd. Well, of course, good to good to have you, but let's get this crowd under control. I mean, they are. They are. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, a little much. I know it. And look, I have it in hand for you. That's the gift. He said he had a gift. Christmas, Merry and Bright, the new CD, out now. Uh, This is, look, this is a labor of love. On my Christmas special, Jimmy, for many years, I've sung with Johnny Matheson, Andy Williams, Aaron Neville, and a record producer came to me and said, would you do a Christmas album? And at first I hesitated. Then I thought about it, dug into the background of these songs, and realized we totally have misunderstood most of these Christmas tunes. Wow. We don't know their origins. We don't know the context. Kevin Koska, the great arranger who did uh-huh. Lion King, uh, oh my gosh, everything. Mm-hmm. The greatest showman, uh, you mm-hmm. name it. Kevin Koska has arranged it. He did all of my arrangements here. Whoa. We got the big band together in New Orleans, 20 pieces, and we're going on the road because I'm following the great Jimmy Fallon's example. Stop it. Raymond yeah. Arroyo, Christmas Merry and Bright. And you co-sang every one of these songs with Taylor Swift. That's exactly. amazing. The, uh, Taylor and Raymond's version. Keep They're a all... straight face, guys. We're trying to move yeah. some product here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Did... cr- cr- RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. They can learn about the tour. I love the, this. The CD. It's a lot of fun. Now, you need to know what you've just committed yourself to. Uh-oh. Because my family and I, Jenny's family, family lives 660 miles away from us. They live in Wapakoneta, Ohio. So we listen, obviously, when we drive out there for the holidays. A lot of Christmas music. You will... In the fail of family, I think we won't be. We'll probably take Jenny's Dodge Ram. She's a farm girl. She's a big Dodge Ram. Is there a cabin. CD player? Oh yeah, it's in there. Like, I love. You it. will probably be the featured entertainment for a significant chunk of the drive. I love that. Well, you, Arroyo, you were going to have a good time. You it's this a peppy fun Christmas. You album. infiltrated the. This is you know how they infiltrated colleges in the seventies to make everybody a commie. You've infiltrated the fail of family sleigh ride to make them I all pro. Love but, they, it. but they were already pro Arroyo. This propaganda effort was it, unnecessary. This will keep you going though. This will this will double this. This makes the sleigh ride even better. And Jose Feliciano, by the way, on that album, first time in his career, 
he's agreed to a new arrangement of Feliz Navidad. Is that true? And he did it with me on the album. Wow. Really cool. Oh, and he's coming on tour with me. We're going to, I, I didn't say that, Phoenix, Dallas at the House of Blues. We're going to Cleveland to the Key State, uh, Tampa, and we're ending at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Jose and I, on December 21st. Good for you. RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. Raymond, I'll say it again, RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. Come that and is, see us. We are going to have a blast. Look, this, Jimmy, you just said it. Christmas is a time for families to mm-hmm. come together. And there is so little that today that reinforces that. This album has a classic feel. It sounds like it's been around for 60 years, yep. but it's brand new. And, and it has the vibrancy and joy that I love about Christmas and I wanted to capture. Dude, so it's I, fun. I am as pro-Christmas as they come. And you are the one human I will make an exception for when it comes to Christmas in November. Oh, because you don't play Christmas. You know, music people until... say let the turkey cool. I, yeah. I at least like to let the turkey cook. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I dig it. No, nope, you win. Put your Halloween candy away. Listen, yeah. you've you've got a you've got a tour with Jorge Feliciano. I Jose Feliciano. I don't. So you win. Uh, Raymond, we'll get back to this someday. I'm going to open for Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I'll do. Him. I'll bring the band. I'll do. You'll be the house numbers. band. That's right. Bring when, the house. Band. When I get my own late night show. Don't laugh. They're those NBC people. I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'd say a word about Fox. Not no, even I'm Stop it. But l- l- stick with me here. Okay, though. yeah. Okay, because we will get back to this. But I-, I need you to weigh in on the hardest-hitting question in journalism right now. And forgive me for taking us from such a light subject to something so serious. Yes. Does Ron DeSantis wear lifts in his boots? <laughs> I've seen Ron DeSantis. I don't think he wears lifts in his boots. He's, you know, I've never really, and I have to tell yeah, you Yeah, you don't pay attention? I, oh. No. Okay. I, I've stood next to the man. We had town halls with him recently, mm-hmm. uh, as recently as last year. I've never, the media attention to the size of Ron DeSantis, I have to tell you, I've never thought Ron DeSantis is a little person. No. Never. And I've stood next to him. I've been with him. I, I don't. This is much ado about nothing. If this is all we can worry about, Ron DeSantis, about <laughs> when you've got Biden shambling in. Today, he, Justin Trudeau showed up for a White House event. He said, good to see you, Prime Minister uh, Joe. Prime Minister Joe. <laughs> Prime Minister Joe. He said that with a straight face. And we're worried about lifts in Ron DeSantis' shoes. Sammy Davis Jr. wore elevator shoes his whole career. Did he, he was the greatest performer ever to walk on a stage. Mm-hmm. I don't care about height. Well, I care about performance. Well, Can you well, do performance. the job? Thank you. So tell me, contrast Sammy Davis against Ron DeSantis' <laughs> Don Cachet, who, I mean, you said <laughs> performance. I'm not. Well, that I won't touch. What is DeSantis' tap routine like? Well, you said you invoke Sammy Davis well, Jr. Look, you can't talk. Mr. Bojangles, he, uh, you All know, right. Sammy is, is All always right. the king. All right. But I don't know if he could have run the state of Florida. So no. there you have it. Thank you. And maybe it's a push then. There well, <laughs> I was uh, I was going off on a superficial pursuit at the top of the hour today. Yes. See, the world's on fire. I wanted to go find something silly and, and dive in. And, and I you're saw worrying it. about the lift. Well, Trump took a shot at him, which is to be expected. But then Nikki Haley jumped in because she's got a little Haley momentum right now. Um, is that at, what that is? At any moment now, I don't know. At any moment now, Vivek will become, he'll be pro-left and anti-left. You never know. That's the joy. Vivek is like a political mood ring. It changes. The- yeah. And he'll get very indignant about it and be very eloquent as he, as he gets moody. But uh, here's what I don't <laughs> yes. understand about this, Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about the lift? I'm not worried. I, I just mean, want a distraction. It, make? it makes no difference. He's if, probably... he, if he's a little higher or lower, it makes no difference. No, my, I guess my question would be. Now you're going to think I wear lifts. No. I don't. I could show you. Look, these no. are just, just, this came right from 
Johnson or Murphy? No, I can. No, I can. And these are those are gorgeous. Um, Thank you. I am not. The question I think would be not why am I worried. It would be why would they be worried if they're wearing lifts? Do you think it's an optic thing? Yeah, I think they want to diminish him physically mm-hmm. and otherwise. Yeah. And I think look, when you're the top dog, everybody shoots at you, and that's yeah, yeah. what's happening here. I mean, Nikki Haley. This is a woman who hasn't opened her jaw fully in the last 40 wow. years. So, I mean, you know, yeah. she talks through gritted teeth every minute so of the day. I she, mean, that's something to worry about. Is she going to be wearing – so is she going to be wearing a, a, a retainer that we don't know about? <laughs> Where is this campaign going? Right. What are we focused on Whoa! and why? The, yeah. the world is actually on fire. But these are the things in the world of tr- – look, mm-hmm. Donald Trump has a brilliance for finding mm-hmm. any little physical aberration or yep. concern – zeroing in on it, magnifying it, uh-huh. and making that the story. Yep. He's brilliant at it. Now, I don't know if he was the source of the Lyft story, but— Somebody was. Somebody mm-hmm. who supported Trump was. Because yeah. it's fascinating because, like, Trump is, like, literally on trial right now, and half the Internet's talking about his opponent's shoes. <laughs> it's actually—strategically, it's quite a it's, gambit. It it's works. Brilliant. It's brilliant. you got to respect it. This is like Adams going to meet with Biden, and all of a sudden the FBI shows up. So you he, don't say. So he turns tail, runs back to New York. Pretty is, good. Isn't it amazing how if there's a fundraiser, specifically like uh, someone who's a donor and the FBI shows up at their house, it gets people out of meetings pretty quick. Yeah, that's it? one way to, get, to end the meeting. <laughs> I don't want to meet with, with Adams. What do we do? Call the FBI. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, one way to, that's one way to end the meeting. Quickly. Gone. Raymond Arroyo's in studio. Uh, the album. Uh, well, RaymondArroyoChristmas.com is where you need to go. Uh, but the album Christmas Merry and Bright, it will be in Jenny's Dodge Ram. Uh, I love it. By the way, top of Billboard's charts, jazz and holiday already, Jimmy. Stop it. Which is kind of stunning to me. Look, to be in the same list with Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby, Michael Bublé. Pretty incredible. That's a big deal. Kind of took my breath away. No, I would. I'm. I'm. I think that's amazing. Like I'm thrilled. You well, know, like thank I, God for good people. Out well, there. we. You know, there. There's a couple of different types of people in our in in showbiz. Yeah. I'm. I root for people. You want, and the reason I root for people, and I always root for talent, like true talent, mm-hmm. is because if the metric for success is being talented, then I I trust myself to work hard enough and deliver a good enough product that I'll be fine. Right. If the metric for success becomes like who has someone hostage and blackmail on somebody else, <laughs> like, oh, it's not going to work out for me. No, I mean, it does, that doesn't work you know, out for any of us. So I know. So so I appreciate the fact that you're as talent and as diligent as you are with that talent. I think it's very commendable, Raymond. Um, so I will. Well, you're welcome. We just had a moment. I'll move on from the DeSantis boots for a minute. Yeah, we'll come okay. back. We'll come back. In a what second. other high flying ideals will we get into here about the, the presidential race? Here is the only thing. This is my theory. Okay. That could stop anti-Semitism on college campuses. The only well, it thing. was that a turn? Okay. Yeah, we know it is, but we'll do it. We'll have fun with yeah. it. Uh, it's the donor class. The donor class saying no mas is the only thing that's ever going to get universities to denounce or at least pull back a little bit on it. No? Are you surprised that people, even in even among our colleagues, they ask questions with a straight face? Why do you think we're seeing this on university <laughs> campuses? Stop. Yeah. Have you tried to get into a university? <laughs> on the admissions, they, they give preference uh-huh. to people who are activists from certain yep. uh, mm-hmm. regions of the world uh-huh. with certain beliefs. Yeah. Those are given preference. So this isn't amazing organic speech. This is programmed pre-selected speech yep. by who you allowed in the tent. Yep. You invited these people to the party, and then we wonder, why are they having anti-Jewish displays <laughs> and want to kill all the professors? <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> these are the kids you invited. So I agree with you partially. Yes, the uh, donor class has to rise up, 
but admissions must be reformed if you're ever going to cure this on the campus setting. Well, that's what I think the challenge is, right? Because of all, all of these donations and all of these endowments that come from the government, I don't think they've been allocated or appropriated with an eye on improving the quality of education. I think they've just created more administrators. You are 100% correct. Every, and everyone's profile picture is like a tank. <laughs> like, a, like, I don't know, maybe that's a sign? That, that's it. Well, they show, look, they've got a zero on the SAT, <laughs> but they show up with the head wrap and the yeah. Uzi, you know, standing well, in the desert. The, You're in, kid. They, You're they in. Fit in. They fit in with our coexistence. <laughs> motto. <laughs> hey, there's no home here. That's what I mean. It, we're now to a point where these universities are inviting people in who are hostile to and adversaries of free speech, free inquiry, free thought, and the tolerance that we thought they embodied and idealized. Yeah. That's all out the window. So now you get what you get. That's, and it, it's a riot at these, at it's, these quite it's, literally at these universities. <laughs> it's funny to watch only from a standpoint of like everyone on these campuses has spent the last five years telling us they were under attack. Right. Like I'm a woman. I'm under attack. Correct. I'm gay. I'm under attack. I'm trans. I'm under attack. I'm minority. I'm under attack. And then they all got together and were like, attack. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. I think it's crazy. And you know, the thing about it, Harvard that they're kind of people forget and overlook is like, we're only a few months removed from them being sued for Asian discrimination. And they're admissions process yes where kids were getting 105 and not getting a, that was their average right well this they're getting saying. a 5.0 somehow Look, and they couldn't get in had the asian ch- kids who actually had the grades for admission yeah. gotten in you wouldn't be having the pro hamas rally no, in ma'am. washington square park no and this is part of the problem you are you are creating a bias in the acceptance policy. Yep. So the admissions offices need reform. That will cure a lot of this. Not all of it, yeah. because you still have the ideology in the minds and it's in the there. classrooms. Yep. But it begins to wear it down, at least. Yeah, and I would, I would just like to think, if you're a donor, if you're a billionaire mega donor to an Ivy League school that is actually, uh, you know— protecting student organizations that are calling for the eradication of your people, I would like to think it has to affect what you do with the checkbook at the yeah, end of this month. Yeah, one would hope so. And and look, some are waking up now. Uh-huh. It's amazing to me that it's taken this long. Yeah. But now the masks are off. I mean, they are right out there. You Absolutely. Know, basically, death to Israel. They're putting you know, the Israeli flag in the trash can. I mean, these are this is horrific behavior yeah, we're seeing. it's terrible. But the donors now, if there's a silver lining, because you know I'm a silver lining guy. Oh, you are, Mr. Silver Lining. Is we have freed up money for the donors. Owners to buy multiple copies of Raymond Arroyo, <laughs> Christmas, Merry and Bright. That I mean, was it's such a beautiful holiday to, turn. You bring it right there. back around. Spectacular. You, and you told me really quick now that we're here yes. uh, that we don't understand the meaning for some of these songs. Yes. So, like, say, Deck the Halls, a lot of people don't know, that was about Black, black Friday muggings. Yes, that it was. was. Muhammad Ali originally recorded Deck the Halls. <laughs> yeah, Halls was his first competitor. Yeah, yeah. No, Deck, the Hall, Deck the Halls is actually not a Christmas song. It was. It's a Scottish song about the new year. Oh. And it was sung in carols, carols where people yep, would yep. sing and dance in circles. Yeah. So it was kind of folk yeah, dancing, yeah. folk songs. We've, so I've tried to restore in the, in the arrangements mm-hmm. the intentions of the song. But some of them are a little racy. I'm not going to tell you about Jingle Bells, but that's Ooh, quite a story. Whoa, and whoa. the centerpiece of the stage show, which you'll have a good time at, Jimmy. I'm giving you tickets to come see us. Now, Raymond, I, I, will, I will be there. Um, the, uh, fascinated to hear that Hark the Herald Angels Sing was about the California Angels baseball team. I didn't know that. <laughs> Hell's Angels. Yeah, I, <laughs> It's even better. <laughs> no. like, you, you'd never know this. One of the greatest that Christmas songs. That is not songs. true, Jimmy. But Don't you know, mislead people. I know we're not. But you know what's so funny about the Internet? 
is we could credibly build a site of like history, <laughs> like facts you didn't know, and it would become instantaneously adapted as like fact in a lot of circles. The Fela Arroyo key to the universe. This could, <laughs> this could, let's build that now, Mike. She, let's get cheat codes on. where we give you the cheat codes, little history nuggets you should know to really distinguish yourself intellectually. That's right. Use that at the water cooler <laughs> while you're singing and buying copies of. Christmas, Mary and Bright. Oh, he brought it home. Raymond Thank Royal. you. This was so good for morale. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thanks All for right, having you... me. Merry Christmas. I know it's early, but happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Raymond, <laughs> let the turkey cook, dang it. All, All right. right. We're back after this. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. Well, you heard Raymond Arroyo. He said Ron DeSantis does not wear lifts in his boots. Wrong. I don't know. It's a superficial pursuit. We may get to some of your calls on it in the next hour. 888-788-9910. There's a video making the rounds on social media that seems to show DeSantis struggling to walk in his boots. Some claim it's a sign that he's wearing lifts. I don't actually know the answer. The next time we have him on the show... If we can find some room in the schedule, we'll ask him about it. We'll see what he has to say. Pretty funny, but it's, again, stupid and silly and the world is on fire. But that's exactly why we're talking about it. Sometimes, sometimes, folks, you got to, you know, you got to let the edge off a little bit. You know, the Amish, when a kid turns 21, they have a rum springer, gets to leave the farm and go try electricity and strip clubs and everything in between. Okay, so you come back the next day, you're still committed to your same ideals and ideology. You just needed a timeout. Okay, right now we've been war, 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 you know, and we can't even play any songs or any of the silly stuff we do. Uh, so we're just trying to keep the edge off, man. I, I, It's weird. Like, I'm one of the people who cares. Like, I get on the air, and I actually am mindful of the mood I put you in at the end of the broadcast. So, you know, a lot of the silly things we do on this show are silly because I don't want to walk around mad all day. And I certainly don't want to distill a show that makes you walk around mad all day because it means the next person you run into is going to be mad. The next person they run into is going to be mad. And then you're just a force multiplier of negative energy. You know what I'm saying? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I don't want to be the guy who leaves you that way. That's the frustration. So, yeah. Are we doing superficial stuff? Yes. Okay. I'm just, you know, sometimes you got to keep it real. That's all. But uh, here's the deal, man, uh, as we get going on a big third hour of the show. Okay, the big development in our politics, if you were going to talk about the politics of what's going on right now, okay, is they just overturned an election up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, because of all the fraud that comes to mail-in balloting. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We'll get into it, and we'll talk about it, because I can tell you this. Looking long-term, looking beyond the moment, okay, got an election coming up in 2024. And the last two parties to lose, okay, Trump lost the election in 2020. Wrong. Okay, but the point is he didn't get to hold on to power. Hillary lost the election in 2016. This is not okay. But the point is the last two parties to lose an election said it was rigged. Okay, and the Democrats spent three years saying it was rigged. If you've been paying attention, we have a problem with election integrity in this country. And when you hear that a whole entire election has been thrown out because of fraud, it raises some questions about the way we're doing things that might be worth talking about. 
if we're going to get to an outcome in 2024 that people can actually buy into. So that's the conversation we're going to have, whether they like it in D.C. or not. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is it ever, girlfriend? Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's me. I'm the guy. You know me from TV and stands-up comedy and, you know, let's be honest, probably from the dog track if you knew me in my 20s. I mean... (laughs) But right now, uh, you know me from the radio where I will spend the next hour dazzling the masses, opiating the masses with my wit and wisdom. We're scheduled to get a visit from Jerry Willis, a Fox Business contributor that will talk to us a little bit about the economy. And, of course, we will get into your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. It is 888-788-9910. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of this shindig. Uh, But as we get underway in the third and final hour, oh, we are going into a forbidden part of town. You know, over in Beijing, they have the forbidden city. I don't know a lot about its history, but I can tell you when you talk about election and election fraud, in a lot of ways, they try to turn it into a forbidden city. They say, well, you can't talk about elections. January 6th, people will die. Okay, we're at a really bad place in our politics right now when it comes to election integrity. Why? Because the last two political parties to lose an election said it was stolen from them. Now, you can tell me Donald Trump said it was stolen and it rigged and he shouldn't have did that, and that's fine, okay, and that can be how you feel, but let's not forget that the other party spent three years saying Russia stole the election from them. It was made up by these sick people. But I'm only pointing this out because I want you to understand, okay, where we are when it comes to election integrity, okay? Here are the Democrats in the aftermath of 2016 selling their half of the country on the idea that the election was stolen. This is one half of the country. We have two halves. Okay, this is half one. This is how they feel about our election integrity. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Whoa. What the hell were you thinking? Now understand, they made that up. Completely made that up out of thin air. Based on opposition research bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign in the summer of 2016, She needed a counter-narrative to her private email scandal. So she went up, bought and paid for the Steele dossier so she could smear Trump as a Russian merchant of Vladimir Putin. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, but understand, I bring it up. Why? I'm not trying to get you mad at Democrats, okay? But everybody in that montage, every Democrat considers people like Donald Trump an election denier. They go, oh, he's an election denier. He said the elections weren't legit. He said that you could hack into the voting machines. And come on, you can't say that. 
you know, unless you're one of these Democrats on this montage. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. You are so full of sh- Seriously, that's your Vice President Kamala Harris saying that the machines were so hackable she actually held a demonstration to hack the machines, to show everybody how easy it was. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! But don't forget Cory Booker, the guy in the clip in front of her. You know, let's not forget that hackathon that took place last year. Okay, that's Democrats telling you all the machines are hacked, the election is stolen. Okay, ergo, half of their people claimed the election was stolen, and they lost faith in the integrity of our elections. Now, what do they do to Republicans who say the same thing? They go, oh, they're election deniers. That's not right. Okay, it's not right if that's what you did. But I'm not here to get you mad at Democrats. I'm not here to get you mad at Republicans one way or the other. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is we have a problem in this country with election integrity that hasn't been addressed. That's where January 6th was so viable to the people who wanted the status quo way of doing business. Okay, people who tried to protect the election of our integrity in the aftermath of January 6th were attacked for it. Georgia passed a voter ID law that required everybody to show a vote, uh, who wanted to vote to show an ID. Okay, which, oh, by the way, everybody in society has if they're a legal citizen of this country. You cannot participate in our society without a government ID. Okay, you can't. You can't get a license, can't open a bank account, can't board a plane, you can't pick up tickets at a baseball game, you can't buy alcohol, you can't do anything, okay, if you don't have ID in this day and age. So when the Democrats started to say that asking for voter ID was somehow discriminating against black people, first of all, that's racist because you're saying they're not as capable as everyone else, even though they clearly all have IDs or they wouldn't be able to participate in society. If you were so inept as a race that you could only be fed government food, you would still need to show an ID to go get that food. That's true. That is true. So this idea that Joe Biden could brandish Voter ID laws as Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. That is the work of someone who doesn't want to strengthen the integrity of our elections. Now, why do I bring that up? Because I don't want to live in a country where the losing side always says it was stolen. But understand, whatever Trump did in 2020, and he may very well go to jail for it. Okay, they're all flipping on him down in Georgia. But don't think for a second the Democrats were any better. 
But the end result here is that we've all lost faith in the integrity of our elections, and we have reason to. Okay, I can't prove either election was stolen. I don't know that. I know we're voting in unprecedented manners that might increase the potential for fraud. And you know who else agrees with me? A judge who just overturned the results of a Democratic primary in Connecticut because of voter fraud. Oh, wow! Bridgeport, Connecticut. There's a great comedy club up there. It's called the Stress Factory. Vinnie Brand owns it. Vinnie Brand owns the Stress Factory down in New Brunswick. Fantastic, fantastic club. On September 12th, incumbent Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannon narrowly edged out challenger John Gomes by a mere 251-vote margin in the Democratic primary. Election Day ballots favored Gomes, but after the absentee ballots were tallied later that evening, Gannon prevailed over Gomes 42-12 to 39-61. Gee, isn't that a weird one? You know, like when you were watching the election in 2020, and they were like, uh, we've got to call a timeout. And you were like, wait, what? what a who? It's election night. We're counting the votes. And they were like, nah, something about a water main break. We're going to stop counting for a little while. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I don't know, but I do know it was unprecedented. And I know the reason Trump didn't trust the legitimacy of the election was, one, because of his ego. Nobody can fathom losing an election to someone as incompetent as Joe Biden. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Okay, but understand, part of it was his ego. The other part was, and this is the bigger part, that the Democrats had shown during Trump's four years in office, nothing, nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping Donald Trump. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Nothing. Okay, whether it was the Mueller probe, whether it was the impeachment for wrongdoing in Ukraine. What was the impeachment for in Ukraine? They said Trump threatened to withhold government aid from Ukraine unless they did what he wants. Well, if that's impeachable, what do you say to this guy? I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Whoa, whoa, we were told it's treason to threaten to withhold aid from a foreign ally if they don't do what you want. And what did Joe Biden just do? bragged about threatening to withhold a billion dollars in foreign aid if they didn't fire the prosecutor who, oh, by the way, was investigating the business his family was getting paid from. He should be behind bars! Do you understand? There's a lot of double standards, okay, which means there are no standards. And in this instance, we have a serious problem with election integrity. And when you hear that this Bridgeport election was overturned, Okay, you realize if the potential for fraud exists on a small scale, guess what, girlfriend? It damn well exists on a large scale. He knows what he's talking about. So within days, okay, the losing camp raised the alarm about possible voter fraud, posting a video to Facebook that appeared to show a city employee and longstanding supporter of the incumbent mayor stuffing a ballot box outside City Hall with absentee ballots. The campaign later issued similar allegations against another city council member who also supported the incumbent mayor at the time. They then filed a lawsuit in Fairfield Judicial District Superior Court to contest the results of the primary election. 
okay, naming the mayor as well as uh, several city clerks and registrars, okay, as defendants. And guess what? On Wednesday, this guy's name is Judge William Clark. He sided with the plaintiff, citing significant mishandling of ballots by partisans, such as these two city clerks. Apparently, the sheer volume of evidence was perhaps unprecedented in the state of Connecticut in an election case, according to the judge. This is the verdict. This is the quote. The evidence here has involved hundreds of applications and ballots, thousands of hours of videos of drop boxes, testimony of partisan actors, assertion of privilege against self-incrimination, and analysis of ballot numbers, particularly in the voting districts linked to these two city clerks. This, according to the judge in his 37-page ruling. Okay, the videos are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all the parties. That was the judge's conclusion. So you understand, okay, there are a lot of parallels between what was alleged in 2020 and what was proven in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now, I can't sit here and tell you in good conscience that I have proof they stole the 2020 election from Donald Trump. I don't know that. I just know that we voted in a very unprecedented manner, and nobody who looks at Joe Biden thinks he's the highest vote-getter in the history of our country. I agree with that. Now, one of the reasons voter turnout was higher was because of mail-in ballots, was because of ballot harvesting, was because of new unprecedented ways they weaponized COVID restrictions to get out the vote. So understand, everybody got an unprecedented amount of votes. Trump became the first incumbent president in the history of the country to increase his own vote tally by 10 million votes. He also became the first president in the history of the country to increase his voter count in the second election and lose. Wrong. Okay, well, technically speaking, he's not the president anymore, so he lost. Okay, the reality is no one trusts the integrity of our elections, but rather than looking into a way of fixing that, maybe a bipartisan committee on election integrity. We're not doing that. And they're using January 6th as a justification. Well, no, people riot when that happens. Look at January 6th. No way. We can't look into this. But, folks, if we're in the democracy business and people don't trust the legitimacy of the democracy, we're not going to be in business for a lot longer. So when you see what's going on in Bridgeport and you see the parallels in one location— Versus what's been alleged around the country. Again, I don't have the proof. I'm not telling you I do. But I promise you, based on how we've been gaslit about Russian collusion and Ukrainian foreign aid interference and everything else they've suppressed, like Hunter Biden's laptop. Do you remember the time they told us there wasn't a border crisis with a straight face and said the real problem was border agents whipping Haitian migrants only to have us found out there were no whips present? The photographer and videographer flat out said they were split reined horses. And yet the White House went out and gaslit the country with that story anyway. Why? Because they'd rather talk about anything except for their own incompetence. But when it comes to the 2020 election, I don't know what's stolen. But we will probably find out in five or six years that it was. Like, they'll probably admit once they've gotten Trump out of the way. And I think that's one of the reasons they're fighting him so hard. Trump can't trust our elections because he can't trust them. Bingo. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We head out to the Lake of the Ozarks. Stephen is on the phone in the LOZ. Steve-O. 
Buddy, it's Dave. Jimmy, you having a great day today? I am, man. It's Friday. The world's on fire. But you know me. It's going to roast them marshmallows, buddy. There you go, brother. That's all you can do. Hey, I won't take up your time. I just wanted to, first of all, agree with you about this voter fraud crap that's going on, Mm -hmm. especially now that it's come out up in Michigan. I think it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Before I go any further, though, when are you coming back to the lake, dude? Oh, dude, we're working it out for uh, next spring. I got to get back on the boats. I got to live it up a little bit. You coming back to the encore? That's the word on the street. I don't. Uh, I'm talking to Ken. Uh, everyone at the station knows the KRMS listeners that we're, we want to be there. I'm just waiting for my tour dates. But are you going to be there? Are you showing up again? Because I got to tell you, that was uh, yeah, that was the I rowdiest crowd I've ever played. I didn't get to show up the first time because oh. I had a gig. I'm a musician here in town, so I, I wanted that. to come see you so bad I couldn't stand it and couldn't find a dang sub. Well, so. I, that's funny. <laughs> well, listen, we will be back. Uh, although I got to tell you, man, we need to bring like extra security. The amount of people, I'm not kidding, between the people who bought me beer but also ate my French fries after the show. <laughs> it was a community gig if ever there was one. We loved it out there. Like me and Jenny laugh our asses off whenever we even think about it. So you better believe we're coming back, man. Uh, How many boat rides did you get when you were there? <laughs> that was a, you stop it. That's enough out of you. Uh, don't you have a concert to go play or something, pal? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I want my band to open for you when you come back. That's what I want. But oh, anyway. get out of here. All right, well, let's work on it. I would love that. I would I would love a house band. I would love to start doing stand-up and making it a bigger presentation. So uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about this. We have to have the Blues Society band come out in front for you, dude, till you get out there. No, that's rad. I want to do something like straight out of the Blues Brothers. Chicken wire in front of the stage. You guys can throw beers, whatever everyone's into. Um, all right, Stephen. We could handle it for you, but anyway, we'll talk getting back, I'm not. I'm not pushing for a job, dude. <laughs> I'm just wanting to agree. I'm just wanting to agree with you about this voter fraud thing. And what I was telling your producer was, when uh, on the election night of 2020, when I went to bed, I was over in Southeast Missouri at my mother and father's house. When I went to bed at 12:30 Central Time, Donald Trump was up by 4.65 million mm-hmm. yep. million brother mm-hmm. votes. Yep. When I got back up at 7.30 to check it, he was down 32,000 votes, <laughs> and they were talking about there was five or six uh, uh, places that had closed down and was going to uh, resume counting. Didn't look good. Uh-huh. Stephen, you're not wrong, and apparently the people that were watching the count went to sleep too. We'll talk about it after this on Fox Across America. Folks, a couple months back, we had a guest on the show. It's a bit of a multimedia celebrity, a fixture here on Fox and Fox Business, a fan favorite across the globe. And we had her on the radio. Uh, And you know Jerry Willis. You love Jerry Willis. And I am proud to announce that Jerry Willis is back on the show. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I I stand by the booking. I'm kidding. It's great to see you. I thought this was a bar. I thought I was coming <laughs> I into that. a bar. I said that. Are there that. drinks? Are there drinks? I said at the top of the hour, Jerry Willis is scheduled to join us, but I can't guarantee that's a thing because there is a happy hour somewhere in the yeah, neighborhood uh, right now. I, and, and I'm a little disappointed. That's all I'm going to say. We had to bait you in here. So Jerry Willis, if you remember, my favorite cartoon of all time 
is Michigan J. Frog, One Froggy Evening. It's about, you remember the Warner Brothers cartoon where the guy finds a singing frog? No. You don't remember this? It's frog. iconic. Guy finds a frog. I didn't have a childhood. <laughs> I was ready for some comedy. Well, anyway, the guy can't get people to show up to see a singing frog, so he puts a sign outside the theater that says free beer, and everyone comes running in. Right. You are in the Michigan J. Frog cartoon, the person who responded to the free beer. I am that person, but but not beer. I would have to be a glass of wine. Oh, fair. Or bourbon. Oh, you drink bourbon. Yes. Now, do you know, like, my favorite humans alive, okay, they own Michter's Whiskey. Now, that's, if you know Michter's. Honey, I'm telling you. For real? They love me, too. No, is that true? Yes. Oh, we'll get into them. I know the whole family. I I know everybody. I love them. Oh, get out of here. That's a big deal. Yes. And they were just voted, like, the world's greatest whiskey. And it's greatest awesome. bourbon. Oh it's my god! Lovely. Oh, Jerry, we're going to talk in my uh-huh. office. We're okay. all the we're all well, the it's a in. Conversation. What do you think that door is? <laughs> what do you What do you think that door's always shut for, Jerry? What do you think goes on here at night? I know. Oh. I knew. I saw this coming. Well, Jer- uh, Jerry, I, I I used to say this to people because um, the slogan on this show, okay, slogan. I say for real, the top of every hour, I say you can be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a. That's the slogan. But I used to tell people at my stand-up events, I would say, be a Michter's guy. These are classy, good people. And they wouldn't lead with their politics or their grievances or their conflicts. They would show up on time, be pleasant to be around, probably bring a nice gift for the host, smell good. And they'd be great. They're generous. They're wonderful. They're warm. That's who you want to be in life. Be a mixer's guy. I'm aiming for that. I'm that, really, I'm working Oh, you're a hard long way from home. And seeing where I need to go. No, and, you are yeah. like a, a, no. Yeah, you're a long way. I'm I, kidding. I, you, know, you know who my uh, mm. leader is in all these things, personality-wise and influence-wise? My three-year-old puppy. Is that true? Yes. Rufus. Rufus. Has a great personality. <laughs> and people love him. And I'm thinking that maybe if things don't work out. Uh-huh presidency maybe he could run people love him uh-huh. people like you walk now, around the neighborhood yeah you're assaulted by people now is it a problem though with rufus as your role model that we people don't know this but we frequently throw you tennis balls and you go get them on the floor <laughs> well maybe i took it too far i it, don't know it's weird to some people i love it i think it's great like my arm's getting a little tired but i don't know if the electorate is on board with this well, thing you do well yeah jerry willis is in studio all right so you know the mictors folks which means the world to me okay Where do you weigh in on this superficial – it's not a scandal, but it's funny. So Trump and Nikki Haley are accusing DeSantis of wearing lifts in his boots. Are you familiar with this? (laughs) You know, let's get to this. Thank you. Hard-hitting journalism, Jerry. Yes. Hard-hitting journalism. or no lifts. The world is on fire. This is superficial. It's stupid. But you know what we need right now? Something superficial and stupid. Yes, Israel How much is going to blow up. We're yeah. all going to die. How much war can I feed World these war people? Three. Thank you. I love it. But let's talk about this mm-hmm. because, you know, you say this is a silly issue. I say this is important. And you know why I say it's why? important? Because I am 5'8". Okay. And when people fake it to make it, it makes me mad. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. If he is wearing lifts because people say, oh, it's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Well, he thinks it matters. <laughs> So why does he think it matters? So this is what what the accusation is, okay, that he's wearing normal-looking cowboy boots. Because I know, like, Tom Cruise guys do that, where the lift is not in the heel. It's inside the boot, so you don't see it. And the concern is, like, when he walks across the stage at some events, he has, like, a waddle, and it's like you're almost walking on stilt. It's almost like when a young girl walks in heels for the first time. 
you know. Or, an old lady walks in five-inch heels for well, the listen, millionth time. Let's, I waddle. But let's, I respect But waddling. again, let's not remove the bourbon from the equation. You're not waddling because no. you don't know how to walk in heels. You're waddling because you don't know when to cut yourself off. But stick with me. Jerry, we're what? taking shots mom, at you, Jerry. I hope you're not listening. Turn <laughs> off the radio now. Turn it off, Mom. We're being silly. Betty Jean's going to call in, and Be- then I, you're going to be in trouble. Betty Jean's not there. getting past the call screener. We know about her, too. I'm kidding. We love Betty Jean. No, no. You'll be lulled into a sense of complacency. You'll <laughs> think you're fine. And she'll be talking with her southern accent, and then before <laughs> you know it, your head will be on the floor. <laughs> Mama Willis is like a Vegas kidney thief. Yes. You fall in love with her at the bar. You wake up in a tub of ice. Yes. Good to know. All right. Well, let's go to it now. Okay. The DeSantis lift scandal. Now, the possible reasons for him to do this would be, you know, he's running against Trump, who's 6'3". He might be sensitive about the optic because Trump has frequently called him like Tiny D, Little Ron, Meatball Ron. Uh, Maybe he wants to. I know. Maybe he wants to look a little more. Listen, the point is it's expert strategy by the Trump surrogates because Trump is literally in a courtroom right now and we're talking about his opponent's shoes. Yes. Okay. It's a heck of a diversion tactic. And it's just, you know, partly not because we're not really falling for it so much as we just need the entertainment. But does uh, would it matter? Like if you were, let's start here. I don't need a verdict yet. Let's just start here. If you are DeSantis, who is generously listed at 5'11", but probably isn't. Okay. Okay. I've seen him in purpose a few times. I want to tell you something you might not know. Okay, give it to me. Men lie about their height. Do they ever? And and I listen, and I say that as a guy who's six foot ten. So (laughs) I'm aware that the shorter guys not six foot ten. (laughs) Way to go, Jerry. Way to keep up with the group. (laughs) I am actually listed on my driver's license as six foot one, and I am six foot one. You You are not six foot. How tall do you think I am? How tall do you think I am? You're like five nine. No, don't you dare. Yes. Jerry, yes. Jerry Willis, hold on a second. Shalom. Okay, hold the mic. I'm going to stand up. You t- oh, you're just okay, giving me a hard stand time. Up, stand okay, but I'm not up. kidding. Do whatever you want. I'm just saying, I am. I am a legitimate six foot one. Like I am. Okay, I don't care. Shh, okay, I, I, I'm believe. honest about my height That's and my weight. Not true. I'm all right, talking much- to all of you out there listening <laughs> to this radio <laughs> right now. You're wrong. I am six foot one, um, and it listed on my license as six foot one. I'm not six seven. I'm not six ten. Like, like my son is is my son is about six foot five and towers over me, like dwarfs me. Exactly so. Right. Because There's he's my four inches right taller than me. Yeah. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> okay, would there be a motivation in this day and age for him to want to look taller? Because he's trying to present himself as more formidable given that Trump is six foot three and, you know, yeah. kind of has, you know, a lot of support in the party right now. Is it something a politician would consider in this day and age of endless photography? Hello. Yes. You say yes. Yeah. So you start because, there. Because, okay, mm-hmm. can I just ask this question? Mm-hmm. And I hope nobody is listening who's in a position of power. But um, <laughs> <laughs> turn it off. Uh-huh. Don't listen to Vela. Um, so didn't Trump get a little work done? I'm sure he did. Recently? I mean, didn't you Does see a little. Does it look that way? Does little, it look that way? You know, nip a little, tuck a little. What, what I see on little. Trump a lot is obviously he's getting spray tanned quite a bit. Well, there's that. Yeah. Um, I don't. I 
there was a time when I thought he had his eyes done or something. I thought he had his eyes yeah. done, and that's been within the last like three months. Yeah, so, I looked at him one day and I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to tell you something. I have seen Biden in person a few times. He's done. Stuff, yeah, but he's for sure. But the problem with him is like he started doing stuff before people got good at doing stuff. So, like, when you see Biden in person, it's like he's like? He's like a half Frankenstein because you can oh see the God. seams. You see too much. You see too much. And uh, so you know, I, they used to what they used to do with anchors many, mm-hmm. many, many yeah, years yeah. ago. And who was this? Regis Philbin or somebody? Mm-hmm. I was on their show one time. He had tape. Really? Like that. Yeah. They would use tape to just to pull hold his back face in. Jowls. Wow. I'm thinking about doing it myself. Jerry Willis. Too dramatic. T- talking about the tricks of the trade. Well, do they tape anyone's feet to lifts in a pair of cowboy boots? What do you think is going on here? I Well, look, if anything was going to make you insecure, it's running for president. Yep. No thanks for anything you do. You only get a raft of crap, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to wear lifts in your cowboy boots, I say fine. I don't care. But if that's what you're spending your time on, that's probably not a good sign. Ooh, Jerry Willis says, DeSantis, you've got... Bigger fish to fry, no pun intended. Yeah, fish to fry. Yeah, fish, fish to, fry, to fry, and your heels aren't one of them. Uh, I listen. I find this story hilarious because what's happened is Trump was doing it. Now Haley's doing it. Uh, <laughs> some super PAC send him a pair of boots, like as an early Christmas present with lifts in them. And it's become, you know, a diversion for me. And I enjoy a good diversion when the so, world's on fire. But what does the man have to say for himself? He claims it's not true. But he doesn't, obviously, but he doesn't deny it with any humor. Has he allowed anyone to examine the boots? What, nope. He won't do that. But what, I, is, okay. what so his response we need, is. Mm-hmm. We need yeah. the House, the Senate, uh-huh. somebody to call a hearing and to get those a bipartisan boots in committee. front of the American people. It'll be as productive as every other bipartisan committee we have anyway. So, so maybe hold we up. could, like, cut them in half and see them. So do you want to know what the DeSantis response was? What? He sent a pair of golf balls to Trump and said uh, it's called the the promotion is Ron DeSantis has a pair because he says Trump doesn't have the balls to debate him. So he's turned this from a debate about feet into a debate about that ball. Yeah, balls. So that's where we find ourselves now. So the guy who came into this at a foot level is not the bad guy in the conversation. Uh, but anyway, that's where we find ourselves. So DeSantis. I hope, I hope Nikki doesn't have to play in this. Game. <laughs> well, we already know she wears heels, and that's fine. That's not what I'm talking. I know. About. I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Because heaven forbid she has a pair. Now she can't be president. She's got to be a woman scholarship swimmer. She's, <laughs> she's absolutely. True. She's off the campaign trail and onto the metal podium. Where are we? Why do we have to put up with these? People? What a bizarro land, Jerry Wallace. Can't there be another world? Could we like have a like a second level? Well, of- does it not concern you about this world that every billionaire is building a rocket to leave it right now? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> Jeff not Bezos, stupid. not they didn't dumb. Make all that money just by not dumb, Jerry Willis. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna build my own rocket. But you know, will you, you help? Um, we'll get Rufus. We'll leave. I won't. You want to know why? Because everything I know about rocket construction. It uh, occurred watching Warner Brothers cartoons with, like, the Roadrunner and Coyote and all those Acme wooden boxes and stuff. Never good. Okay. But the point that we haven't watched Michigan J. Frog yet as a team concerns me with your knowledge of Warner Brothers rocket construction. I'm concerned. I'm going to send you a link. The bourbon. (laughs) Can I tell you something? That would be the greatest thing for them to ever stumble upon here in the history of television is just a bunch of drunk talent watching Warner Brothers cartoons. (laughs) 
<laughs> Actually, you don't have to stumble upon it because it happens. All yeah, the it's, time. it's happening in your office. Yeah. I hear it all the time. Uh, Jerry Willis, uh, there was some debate over who's stupid, not whoever booked you. We just did 14 minutes of radio, and we're both still employed against Wait, all odds. Who said who was stupid? Somebody said I was stupid. No, Did you say I was no, stupid. No, Jerry Willis. Come on, Jerry come Willis. Come on. Commercial break coming up. But if you bet against me and Jerry Willis, you were wrong. That being said, uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Back after this. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We were in the bottom of the ninth. Really quickly, I wanted to check in with this next guest, one of my favorite callers. He's a bit of an outlier on the show because he loves New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Joining us to explain why Harold's on the line in Raleigh. Harold! Thank you for taking my call. I'm back in the country. And guess what I had to show to get back in the country, Mr. Phelan? Uh-oh. U.S. passport. Whoa! <laughs> ID? What are you t- Isn't that racism or something? Hey, look, Jimmy, a prerequisite to be a politician should be, can you count? <laughs> 160,000 people who aren't paying taxes dumping on the other one million illegal immigrants that are in New York City, and you just figured out that it's going to cost money. It wasn't a problem when it was in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California. It wasn't a problem. The taxpayers of Texas or those states should have been on the hook for it. Now it's in your – I said six years ago when – what's her name? Was crying at the border. At the oh, place. AOC. AOC. Yep. I, told, I called the White House several times and said, tell the president to stop fighting with these people and send them to the richest zip codes in America. Yep. I said it six years ago. Damn. You could have been the original Ron DeSantis. You could be wearing lifts and, now, lifts and, and, and boots. And now they, they're giving Abbott all these kudos. It took him four years, five years to figure out, ship him to where? Sanctuary cities? You got them. Yep. You want them? You got them. <laughs> it's that simple. And they don't want them. And isn't it funny? They don't want to to pay for them. Of course. And now all of these mayors want $5 billion from the feds. And Adams didn't even meet with Biden because apparently there's some corruption going on there. Well, 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 I I don't want to speculate on what I don't know. But the bottom line is I look at the people that that are around him. Mm -hmm. A couple of them I work with in NYPD, and I'm not impressed. Ooh. I'm not impressed. Wow. Really quick. Was, was, I think we kind of half had this conversation once. Adams was described to me as a house mouse. He wasn't the guy doing real police work. He was a politician trying to work his way up the ranks. Is that what you saw him as? That's what I saw him as. And, um, and then, and that's what he was. He he was all about Eric, you know, getting promoted. Mm -hmm. He didn't get past captain because they didn't like him because they thought he was a rabble rouser. But I thought, all that was a facade too. Oh. The bottom line the bottom line is these politicians can't count. They shouldn't be in office. And the bottom line is I can't I, it's just me and my wife. I can't absorb fifteen people in my house on my income. <laughs> I can't do it. It's that simple. <laughs> me that, neither. You, you you can't yeah. figure that out yeah. and you're in office. I know. And well, that genius from Chicago now the black folks in Chicago are, oh, we, we don't want them in our neighborhoods. We don't know who they are. It sounds like sounds a little, a little tropian to me. <laughs> it's true. That's the one thing. If they don't if they don't find a way to get him off the ballot, they got a big problem because he's going to win, and that's why they're hitting him with all this legal nonsense. Well, uh, if they don't cheat, yeah. if they don't cheat, Mister Fowler, because oh. guess what? Mm. I just checked my voter. I sent a letter, certified letter to the New York City Board of Elections three, four, four, five years ago. 
take me off the rolls. Mm-hmm. I, I look, I, I checked the New York City uh, voting. I'm still on the rolls. Oh, yeah, they're not taking you off. I got, listen, Jenny, Jenny and I for the last election during the COVID election got six different mail-in ballots to our house, one for every adult who's ever lived there. So four of them weren't ours. And I guarantee you I could have filled them out, send them in, and they didn't get checked. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's a racket. But one other thing before you let me go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Adam, these, these mayors are never asked the $64,000 question. Mm-hmm. Did you have this problem when Trump was in office? Hello? Mm-hmm. Hello? No, ma'am. You didn't have it. No, ma'am. Uh, listen, if Trump starts his VP search, I'm putting you on the list. How do you feel about that? No, I want to be in charge of Homeland Security. <laughs> That's my job. I want to be in charge no, of Homeland Security. You're just trying to get a free trip back to Aruba now. That's enough. No, I don't want I'm a free trip. I just don't, I'm, I'm just I'm just a little ticked off that every time I leave the country, I got to show ID. Yeah, it's a scam. No, no, it's a scam. But I think you do a good job running Homeland Security. All right, I got I got you down on the list. Happy Friday, man. It's good to hear your voice. Did you have a good trip? Hey, good yeah, hey, wonderful trip. I'm glad I'm back home in the greatest country in the world. That's the spirit. Great stuff, Harold. Happy Friday, man. Have one for me. See you, brother. The great Harold, who tells you the truth. You live in the greatest country and greatest source of good the world has ever known. Freedom! I'm telling you because I care. When I was a cab driver, I used to pick people up at JFK Airport. They would get into my cab and cry because they had made it to America. Cry. I'm in America and break down crying. And, of course, it was so powerful because I could take them the long way and charge them extra money. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. The world is dumb. This might have been the dumbest week of broadcasting in my career. And uh, man, oh boy, oh man, there's been plenty of them out there. But we survived. You did it. Pay up. Get out. Happy Friday. We'll be back on your radio and your TV Monday. Until then, you live in the greatest country in the world. Go enjoy it. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.